as low. The other day, I sounded like Barry not, White. Yeah, now you you sound like. I don't now know, I sound Barry like I have Gordy. a cold. Barry Gordy. <laughs> Reading rap arithmetic. <laughs> yeah, he wrote a lot of those songs. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. Two plus two makes three. Na, 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 All right. How to get All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna. You know what? Uh, today's show is is brought to you by apparently Motown. So. <laughs> It's uh, Tuesday, June 23rd, second, no, third day, no. Well, it depends. If you count the 21st, then it's 21st, 22nd, 23rd. But if you say it's the 21st and then you start counting, it's the 22nd, 23rd. So depending on how you do it, it's it's either the second or the third day of summer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you didn't know where I was going with that. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> The 21st counts as the first, second, third, third day of summer. Okay, so it's the third day of summer. And it is super hot here. It's super hot here, too. It's like yeah. 90 degrees and super humid. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been running in the mornings. and Because uh, that's the only time you can go outside. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's good. It's good. Um, my pace is not, I mean, I'm never going to beat like a marathon runner or a Kenyan or something. But, you know, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the eights. So that's good. Okay. It's good. How far do you run? I only run three miles, but that's yeah, good. It's good. Three it's miles good. is good. Yep. I couldn't do it. Uh, okay. So it is... Um, episode it's, 165? It's Tuesday, episode 165 of On Taking Pictures. You are here because you love the photography. You're here because you want to hear... Jeffrey laughs. Stadler and Waldorf uh, <laughs> banter about... about Creativity. Um, so, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and uh, with me, can I say it? Sure. Can I say it? You can say it. The post-nuptial. Oh, boy. Bill Wadman. Yep, I survived. Nuptials managed. <laughs> um, Check. 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 Yeah, now I'm, uh, now I'm official. Yeah. Well, I was so, official uh, months ago, but now I'm really official. Do we have to? Uh, is it Bill Conrad now? Is that, uh, you know, it's funny. So a number of people said Mr. and Mrs. William Wadman on like cards and things, and Ooh, that's, Conrad's like, grrr. Yeah, because yeah. Conrad's staying Conrad. She's always going to be Conrad. Uh, it was good. It was fun. Uh, we, you know, ate a lot of lobster. My friend Everett, who eats a lot at like holidays and things, ate five lobsters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's like this tall, wiry guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I could not eat that many. Lo- I couldn't do it if my life depended. Say, bolt some gun to my head. Eat yeah. these five lobsters or you're dead. Yeah. Well, kill me. Because there's like, yeah. no way. I eat five lobsters. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. not going to It was good. Not going to But happen. Uh, uh, the world moved on while I was away. It's true. Uh, so, so what's happening in the world? Give me, give me the rundown. What's happening in the world? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I don't know what's happening. Were, in the you, were you opening up? Where, where were you going to go with that? You sounded I, I like you know. had an idea. I don't know. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, <clears throat> Taylor Swift is running Apple now. All right. That's Taylor the, Swift saved the world. Right. That's, that's, the, oh, that's thank goodness. That's for the, ta- yeah. 
Yeah, that's is what she, the news article wants you to believe. Is she a member of the Avengers now? <laughs> she is. Uh, okay, so here's the thing, people. Taylor Swift did not reverse Apple's course. Come on. No, she look, she may have guilted There's them no Santa into Claus. it because of bad press or whatever it is, but like yeah. she's not, you know, the best thing there, ever. Look, was she part of I like of, Taylor Swift. I sure, okay. Uh, I think she was a component. I think mm-hmm. she was this this was an issue I think that was reaching critical mass and I think she may have contributed, but right. Taylor Swift did not single-handedly force the largest most valuable brand in the world to reverse their course. Didn't happen. Well, her have, and all I, of her press and stuff. But even if, okay, even if it was true, okay, great, good for her. Like, I, uh, and I just think there were other things. I have to side with Andy and Notko on this one. What does Andy say? Andy said there were other things at work, and and just settle down. I, I personally, I am surprised by the fact that uh, Apple, with their hundred and ninety billion dollars, weren't magnanimous enough to say, you know what. We're gonna give. We're gonna pay basically for your first three months on our service. Okay, but See it wasn't saying? just. It wasn't just Apple. Like we were talking before the show. Right. They have been in negotiations with these record labels, and the record for labels months. probably said, "Okay, as part of the deal, you can have three months free right. usage of this right. stuff or whatever it is." Which so which is, you know, which is crappy of the of the record companies. All sure I'm saying is. is that if I were running Apple, I would have said, "You know what? We're using these people's content. We'll pay for it and each." The first fifty million dollars, or whatever the heck, is is going to get sure. lost in people, sure. you know, because that's six minutes of our profits or something, you know, like, like, and that'll give us so much good press that it'll be worth the amount of money anyway, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, um, okay. Point being, you know, maybe Taylor should go after her own record label as part of this too, yes. and and some of the other record labels that 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 ostensibly agreed to these terms. And, uh, and, and, you know, and now there's this whole little secondary thing, this response to Taylor Swift's thing coming from a bunch of photography websites, especially this one guy on, uh, what is this, Junction 10? I don't know. Junction 10. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this guy is. Um, basically saying that uh, Taylor Swift, if you go take pictures at a Taylor Swift concert, th- there's a crazy agreement, photo authorization agreement that you have to sign which gives all kinds of, you know, uh, perpetuity rights to Taylor Swift's company to do what they want with your photos and you can't resell them and all this crazy stuff. Um, my, and people are just like, you know what, put down your stone Taylor until you get your own house in order or what what have you. My guess is that Taylor does what they're saying. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, My guess is that Taylor has no idea that this thing even exists. This piece of paper. This is so, this is so far down outside of the purview of her. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Maybe she does. This maybe is, this comes from the top. Who knows? Yeah, she maybe. seems to be kind of in tune with with where her rights and usage. Oh, oh no, absolutely. You know. But but I but I think that if anything, it's you know PR and business people who are saying you know these are the contracts we're going to use, and she's like, okay, I've got to go play 250 shows this year, so you take care of all that stuff. You know, she she is she is she is the a small part of a huge organization now. You know. Mm-hmm. The face of this huge organization, um, but I mean, this does point to this. This contract does point to the fact that content creators and especially photographers in this day and age are are sort of getting screwed in every direction when it comes to the rights to their own stuff and usage and payment and whatever. I mean, it, you know, our little piece of cheese keeps getting smaller. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, that's 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 a larger question. You know, I guess which we'll I guess we'll get to later. But 
What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, if if this is if this is really, you know, the case where it seems like having your cake and eating it too, you're you're, you're pointing a finger and saying, hey, you know, my work is is worth money and deserve I deserve to be paid, but you don't. True. Yeah. And that seems kind of odd. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> hey, maybe her, she or her people will comment to the thing. Cause, you know, it's just funny. Like, you and I talk about all this photography-related stuff, right? And that Taylor Swift thing was all over my Twitter feed and my Facebook oh, feed with all our photo everywhere. friends. And it was whatnot, like that right? was the only thing yeah. that was going on. Right. You know what? The rest of the world doesn't give a crap about photographers. You know what I right. mean? Like we are hearing a very a, a bunch of very loud people in our little corner of the world yelling, but that's you know the upper deck row thirteen section forty one k of 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 the amphitheater of life. You know, right? Um, so who knows if anybody over at uh, whatever Firefly Media or whatever the heck her, her name is called, Firefly Entertainment, uh, even knows that people are complaining about it. You know, right? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, look, I, I, the one thing I will say for this, even if it, okay, let's just assume for the moment that it was Taylor's letter gave so much bad PR to Apple that they turned around. Let's just play with that for a second. Even if that was true, hey, that's better than people having no say over what corporations sure. do. Shaming sure. corporations into being better citizens, I'm fine with that, you know. So good for her for saying something, you know, I guess, you know, she's right, though, that there, there's lots of people who will come out with some song over the last, next three months and people will be able to listen to it for free. And by the time they have to pay for it, that song's not a hit anymore. And those people lost out of, you know, three dollars and twenty seven cents. Well, that, OK, that's that's the other side of it is what, what was the figure that Pharrell Williams out of. How many millions of streams oh, uh, on Spotify yeah, made? He, he made you know, like three grand or some yeah. ridiculous thing. So, yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, switching gears for a minute. Yeah. Um, may I mention? Uh, yeah, by the uh, way, it was $2,700. $2,700. Okay, well, <laughs> so it paid for one of his hats. <laughs> 40, 43 million times he made three grand. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we talking about in three months? Yep. And and you've got labels saying that they're going to go out of business. Well, the labels really- may go out of business, but you know the labels are not. You know they're they're middlemen who are going to get squeezed out too. They're in the same situation yeah. as we are. Go ahead. Uh, may I mention uh, uh, Patrick? <coughs> sure, Is, uh, Pat- Patrick Wong. Um, Patrick Wong, listener, friend of the show, was was very kind and and. Uh, was at uh, where did he? Where was it? Palm Springs Photo Festival? Isn't that where he was? Okay, yep. I think Palm Springs Photo <laughs> Festival. Uh, just a few months ago, and one of the attendees was Mary Ellen Mark, and uh, uh, Patrick uh, got a copy of of her book Man and Beast, and uh, and had uh, asked Mary Ellen to 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 sign it and and sort of. Uh, 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 what, it's not dedicate. What, what is, what's the word? Dedicated to the one I love. Great. <laughs> You're just uh, like is. all about the singing today. <laughs> uh, anyway, she in- inscribed it. What, uh, what's the word? Sure, sure. It has an inscription. Yeah, that, that's about it, right. Signed it to, to uh, on taking pictures. And, and, hey, that's us. Uh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> uh, uh, included a, a really nice letter that, that, frankly, I teared up a little bit. Uh, Aww. And I, I'm not going to embarrass... 
Patrick by reading the whole thing, but uh, he, he does write, may your journey through this life be continuously filled with wonder and awe so that you always have something new and exciting to share on taking pictures. Happy trails. Stay fancy. Patrick Wong. Um, That's, that sounds like my, uh, my wedding vows. Yeah. <laughs> it's happy trails. <laughs> Good. Well. You, you old softy. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Patrick Wong, and, and thank you, Bill, for, uh, for asking him to send it to me. I, I, Much, that's, no problem at all. I, I, like I said, I just, that kind of hits me where I live when I get stuff like that. So thank you, Patrick. Uh, anyway. What else? Uh, oh, from, from one Patrick to another. Uh, I had dinner with other Patrick, Patrick Shipstad, um, last week. Okay. Last week. Yeah, before he went up to... Uh, go on vacation, uh, and he's he's got these uh, Petzval lenses, right? Old school, he, old school lens, and he got a, a new lens. Well, not new, a, new to him, but it's another type of these these sort of swirly bokeh lenses called a Helios, and they're these they're these Russian lenses. They were made in the seventies and eighties, uh, and you can get them for for not a lot of money, but they've got very interesting optical qualities to them. And uh, so I've, I've ordered one of these things and uh, I'm looking forward to playing with it. So we, we put a couple links in the show notes. <clears throat> Excuse me. What, what do you think of these? What do you think of the, the optical the, effects? I mean, the, they're sharp at the center, right? Are we talking about these in particular or the idea of lenses that, that have defects that people use for creative purposes? Both. Um, I see the effect that these things are doing where the bokeh kind of gets swirly in the background. I think for me personally, I'm not that interested in it. Um, uh, I tend to want my things to look as as technically correct as possible, but that's just my kind of thing. Um, but special effects, right? You got to use it in small doses. You can't use it all the time. Do you see these as, on the same sort of playing field or the same level as as a, a preset or or an, like an Instagram type of effect or or because it's in camera and optical is it somehow different oh I mean I mean I think it's fine I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do I just think that it's the kind of thing that only works on a certain kind of photograph and mm -hmm, even then mm -hmm. if you overuse it it's like oh he's got that canned thing again you know what I mean right, I, I, right, sure, I feel like that's sure. I think that's the problem with it for me and then I see oh well like, let's say they cost $400 or whatever it is I think oh $400 for something that I can't use all the time that's a, that's a lot of money but but hey people love their uh, what are the oh, what's the one that I had the old school one that lets you do the tilt shifty stuff. That, oh, the uh, the lens baby. Lens babies, right? I had a, yeah. I had the first generation lens baby, the one that was just like a little uh, uh, plastic accordion kind of mm -hmm. thing, you know, mm -hmm. like a um, little bellows type. Yeah, thing. yeah. And yeah, I used yeah, I yeah. used that for a little while, and then I kind of it just sat on my shelf. It's just I've never been a big user of them. But some people collect all these things. Uh, right. People like Patrick like to collect these things and then use them when they use them. Um, I think it's funny, like the Petzval thing. That is, those lenses are so incredibly simple i think it's four elements and they're you know the original ones from right. 1840 it was one of the first uh you know sort of portrait lenses because it, the, the original ones apparently had an f-stop of three seven which was way faster than other lenses of the period so that you could do uh, shorter shorter shutter times you know exposure mm -hmm. times so it's interesting now that i guess lomo must be this thing is totally out of 
um, what's it called? Uh, uh, um, patent, you know. So I'm sure that Lomo is just basically recreating one, right? Uh, with with the same style of, of stuff and sort of trading on the name and the look. I've used one of the original ones before. A friend of mine has one, mm-hmm. uh, and it's trippy. It's it, it's very that, that stuff is very affected. You know, it's very right. heavy effect to the principal right. ones. Um, I think it's neat. I. I, sometimes I kind of think like, okay, why are we going backwards? I mean, I I guess for special effects, it's just it's not really my thing. You, I mean, do you think that the it's it's a way to go? I feel like some of it's just for kitsch factor, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 and it's expensive. The, the Petsfall lenses are three and four hundred dollars. Yeah, um, which is one of the things that I like about these Helios. You can get one of these Helios lenses for thirty bucks. Okay, well that that I'm all right with. If if you want to just try that type of an effect, and and now you're going to need an adapter uh, because they are uh, what's what's the Leica screw mount M or the Pentax screw mount M forty two yeah whatever the weird forty two forty three M forty two yeah so you're going to need an adapter but you can get uh, adapters for pretty much any camera body for twenty dollars or so right fifteen dollars something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I want to try it. Um, I think for I think that price, kind of it's fine. Um, I do believe, though, that I mean that look, which is kind of just swirling the outside around a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you could probably get a similar effect in post if you want to just get it and try, you know, try it out. I'm sure there's a tutorial somewhere. I'll find. I'll find one. Uh, the the something. new one, the new Petsfall, actually has an adjustable bokeh. Uh, <laughs> So it's at like seven <laughs> stages, I think, six or seven stages, and you can kind of dial it in the way you want. Anyway, check it out. Put links in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> you want to do that one more time? No, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, here's some guy who uh, uh, created a, a little uh, uh, process for doing it in post. So I'll, send, I'll drop a link yeah, in the show Yeah, let's see how that stacks yeah. up. I'd I mean, like it's, to- it's, it's not exactly the same but it's right you know you could think that that's what's going on if, if you're not careful so I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes uh all right what else we got we got those helios we got the petsval uh affinity photo which we played around with a few months ago as a photoshop uh alternative uh is is has is in its first release candidate which means they're yep. almost ready to release it into the app store have they said how much they're going to charge for it 54 Five dollars, I think, is what it is. Man, I'll be interested to see if they could spend this much time and energy on an app and sell it for fifty bucks. Well, look how much time the the guys on on uh, Pixelmator have been putting in, and that's yeah. that's they've dropped the price. In fact, it started out I think at thirty nine or twenty nine dollars, and now it's I think it's fifteen. Yeah, but is, is that a good sign? <laughs> if they were um, selling it at twenty nine, they wouldn't have had to drop it to fifteen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, th- I've been using Affinity Photo for a while, and it's pretty solid. I mean, yeah. you know, does it have everything that Photoshop has? No. no, and it couldn't. Does it have, you know, everything that that? Let's say, hmm, does it have say? everything that that I would need to edit photos? And the answer to that is yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're if you're using if you're looking for something to to uh, become your digital darkroom, it's yep. got a lot to offer. Sure. Um, for fifty bucks, it's 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 an amazing value. Yeah. Uh, speaking so. of which, they also put out an update to Photoshop in Lightroom last week. Uh, with, and I've with, heard there's some good stuff, right? With the haze thing. I haven't which, updated yet. 
Uh, and then the neat thing in Photoshop is that the healing brushes now work in real time. So as you're painting, it's showing you what it will do. Right. Which is actually really cool. Um, so those are, those are interesting little tidbits uh, as well. They added a bunch of weird design stuff that lets you break out layers and stuff if you're designing stuff in there to output uh, in weird ways. Remember the mm-hmm. old days of Image Ready where you could like cut up comps to export multiple versions to for on off buttons and that kind of stuff? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, it's like it's like the the super version of those kinds of things. I think is kind of what it's what it's doing. So it's interesting. Right. Um, Let me ask you something. Yeah. You've used. I watched a little bit of a creative live thing over the weekend, and okay. uh, uh, so I want to get your opinion on something. As as a photographer, taking taking the design stuff, the web design, the the just speaking strictly as a tool for photographers, right? Okay. In your opinion, what is the more efficient? And or more powerful tool, if you had to choose one between Photoshop and Lightroom? I know that's kind of Oof. a loaded question. Oof. Um. Okay, and, and let's, take, let's take compositing out of it. Yeah, I, I open almost everything that I use, I finish in Photoshop before I finish it. So mm-hmm. for me, I would take Photoshop over Lightroom. Okay. Um, but could, if Photoshop disappeared tomorrow, could I do most of what I need to do in Lightroom? Sure. You know, I guess if I had to. Um, I, I don't find I, I will edit raw stuff in, in Lightroom. Like I do my raw adjustments in Lightroom, but I don't generally get in there and work on specific areas in Lightroom or use the spot tool very often or any of that kind of stuff. Like I hmm. choose to do that in Photoshop. I found that over the over any of the adjustment brushes in Lightroom, I find either not accurate enough or too slow. Okay. Because uh, you know you you swipe across something and then the effect kind of goes in even on a really fast computer. Um, they're not quite as 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 tight as the ones in Photoshop. Either that or I have been using Photoshop for so much longer than before Lightroom became available that I'm stuck to it. I don't know. I mean, I think you could do anything that any old school darkroom photographer did in a darkroom you can do in lightroom i'd say nowadays okay. yeah 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 um so if if you if you're a photographer who's like you know i like being able to you know uh, uh uh dodge and burn and you know control the contrast with different papers and stuff Psh, screw it lightrooms where you know something like that is fine cuz you're just mostly doing global stuff with a little bit of oh this is a little too bright over here you know right um if you're not getting crazy I, and doing stuff, yeah. Why, like what, did, ask, what did they say in the? Uh... Well, it just it, the 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 instructor, the the woman that was doing the uh, Sue Bryce. Okay. Uh, she was very adamant about not using Lightroom. That that she uses Photoshop. She doesn't have time to use anything else. She doesn't want to use anything else. Oh, well, that's that sounds a little loaded then, no. Well, I was just curious what what you thought, uh, yeah. and I'd like to. Ask I use the I use both. I you know yeah. I, I I edit and I organize and everything in Lightroom, um, and then I will open it up in Photoshop to do cleanup and skin stuff and yeah contrast layers and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's a it's it's a combination of both. It's 
look, I, again, I think you can do, they overlap very strongly nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, Photoshop is much more precise. You're never working on a pixel by pixel level in, sure. in Lightroom. In Lightroom. So, sure. But now there's all the panorama stuff is built into Lightroom and the HDR stuff is built into Lightroom. So there are less reasons why you have to go to Photoshop if you don't want to. Right. Um, yeah, I was yeah. just curious. Huh. Uh, lis- listeners, uh, how do you guys, what do you, what do you think? Do you use Lightroom more? Do you use Photoshop more? Where do you use Photoshop that you don't use Lightroom? Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, also, there's a new version of Lightroom. You mentioned Photoshop. There's a, the 6.1 version of Lightroom, uh, which uh, in addition to some other things, uh, gives better uh, rendering of Fuji RAW files. Woo! Right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> no, I, I like I like the. Um, I still don't. I don't know. I have I have to look. I want to see if it's if it's because Capture One still does a better or I shouldn't say still pre six one has Capture done a, one better, did a job. better job in the sure. past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, this uh, this DXO little camera that plugs into the bottom of your phone. Yeah, this looks kind of sweet. It is sweet. Um, I think some of the. Um, so they're using a, it's a 20 megapixel one inch sensor. So my guess is, is that it's the Sony sensor that's in the, say, RX100. Yeah, RX103. That's what I was right. thinking too. So, which is a great sensor and a huge improvement over what you get in your phone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Saying that it's a digital SLR image quality in your pocket's a little bit of hyperbole. Um, but, but I think that it is, uh, a, it's not cheap though. That's the thing, right? This is five hundred bucks. Five ninety nine. Five. So six hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, Twenty megapixel. Yeah. It's a one point eight. Yeah. Aperture lens, uh, and I think it's twelve millimeter. So it really is almost exactly a RX one hundred. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I. It's one of those things where if it was three ninety nine, I'd be like, oh yeah, I would buy one of these and use it. Um, at the price, it's like, okay, well, it's pretty much the same as one of those cameras, but I guess with this, you get the interface of the phone as opposed to the awkward interface on the back of a Sony camera, you know, so there are advantages. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it gets, actually gets reviewed and and how well it actually works in reality. I would love to try one. So if, if anybody out there knows, uh, somebody that, uh. You know that could maybe get us one of these things to test. Send it to Bill or myself, and and we'd love to play with one. Yeah. Would you play with one if somebody could oh, send us sure. one for yeah, a, like yeah, a trial yeah. or something? I would shoot for it exclusively for a week. Wow, I'd give so it a you'd shot. Get, you'd, you'd get four photos. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, uh, yeah, of it's your funny. apartment. It's funny because of my <laughs> because of the wedding and everything like that. I I hadn't taken I haven't picked up my camera in like three weeks just because I was planning and doing all that crap for the wedding right um so it's funny i'm kind of like okay now i gotta get back to work um i think it's super cool so if anybody hasn't seen it it's like this little box that plugs into the lightning port on an iphone yeah it's it's Uh, about as tall as your phone is wide yeah i also worry that with the little thing sticking out and plugging into the camera i wonder how uh well it will hold up you know or if you knock it the wrong way you're gonna snap off the 
part yeah. that plugs into the camera. You know how durable. I, I, you're going to either break your lightning port or break that little that little prong. Yeah. Or even worse, box. break that prong thing off in your lightning port in a way that you can't get it out. <laughs> right, right. Right. So that that would be what I would worry about. But uh, we'll put a link in the show notes and everyone can check yeah. it out. Uh, for what it's worth, the sample photos are gorgeous. I mean, as you would probably expect them to be. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and who knows? It's funny though. What if on what if this fall? With the new phone, Apple puts out a, I don't know, 16-megapixel sensor in the new phone or whatever. Right. You know? I mean, it will still be not as technically good as this because this the sensor is much bigger and the glass is better and all the rest of it. But you start shrinking that distance between the two uh, mm-hmm. and, and you get into some, hmm, you know, questionable places. So, well, and that's the thing. Would, would you rather spend five ninety nine on this camera or... 749 on a 6S. Right, and get the new phone. Right. Right. You know, I've actually, you know what I want to know from the listeners? Anybody who's actually bought the the big one, the Plus, the 6 Plus. The 6 Plus. Uh, I see an awful lot. If you're happy or unhappy that you have such a huge phone. I hear the battery life is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that sort of one of the, and that plus reading on it, you know, having it as like a little book reader, which is a little better than a thing, kind of like makes me think I might want to go that way when I upgrade. So if anybody has some thoughts on that. If I did not already have an iPad Mini, I would be much more tempted. If I did not right. already, right? And iPad. I don't have one of those. I have an I have an right. Nexus Seven tablet, but I almost never use it because I don't carry it around with me. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, DXO One is that what this thing is called? The DXO One camera. I so we'll put a link in the show notes. We'll check it out. Uh, Corbis is apparently start charging for uh, use of public domain photos. So basically, they've taken all these public domain photos off of Library of Congress and elsewhere, and now selling you the right to use those photos in your advertising campaign without saying that they came from public domain Library of Congress. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, There's a Boing Boing article. Uh, uh, Yeah, I I mentioned Corbis because I was stunned. This is according to the article. I was stunned by the number of free public domain images it sells, such as this image of the turret of the battleship USS Monitor, Corbus will sell you this image for between 110 for internet, internal use only to $1,735 for TV and internet. Exactly how they got to 1735 and not 1700 is a mystery. The bigger mystery is how they sell it at all as this same image is available for free from the Library of Congress. Weird. That's crazy. Yeah. It's I mean, really strange. You, I always thought, I mean, I guess, you know, people take uh, public domain movies and they sell DVDs of them, right? But I always figure that that's sort of a matter of they're selling you the recording medium, which has the public domain stuff on it. Well, right. I and did that, not it, know you could actually say this stuff that's available for free. I'm going to sell it to you digitally so it doesn't cost you anything. The rights to use. How could anyone right. sell anyone the rights to use things that are already in the public domain? Right. And, and uh, to, you know, that was, you know, you put a, uh, a 20 by 200 link in there, which is kind of the same thing. as That pisses me off, too. But that's a, well, we'll but get it, to that in a second. Yeah. yeah. They're selling a print. So you're actually getting an object. Yeah. But it costs. So that's. But they're a. Uh, yeah. So 20 by 200 who who do the uh, the prints where they sell more smaller ones and less bigger ones. Right. Of a mm-hmm. particular image. Uh, sell a bunch of stuff from the NASA archives, which are all completely. Uh, public domain images too, and they, but they sell twenty by twenty four by twenty four images for twelve hundred dollars. There's no way that print is good enough to be worth twelve hundred dollars. You know, go print it out and send it to Adorama, and you'll get one for you know 
twenty five bucks yeah. or Elko or something. Yeah, yeah. right. So it, so there's a little bit of like that. That always pissed me off a little bit when when I saw that. I'll put a link in the show notes to that stuff too. But I always wondered. It's like, wait, how? It the gall that people have to do that kind of stuff kind of amazes me sometimes. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 you got you got cojones to pull that off. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, they they this the boing boing article. Uh, what do you think? But little aside, what do you think of Corey? I'm a, I'm a fan. I like Corey Doctorow. Uh, I do like Corey. Um, sometimes he goes a little overboard uh, into the world of fantasy land. Um, but he really liked that picture I took of CC body painted into the bookcase. Sure, into the sure. Bookcase. And so um, I was actually emailing with him a few a uh, few months ago. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's good. Uh, okay. I, he, he I'm is just a, curious. I think that he is a a, 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 a banner carrier for a certain kind of people you know yeah um so yeah i think it's good uh so it's this is interesting though i i wonder what there if there are any legal limitations to what you can and cannot do with public domain i guess we'll have to do there's a there's another site called shorpy.com uh that that it's a it's a you know repository for both old family photos from the person who runs it. Oh, and, right. We did this a while back. Yeah, right. Library of Congress. But you can buy prints. Now, I guess if you're getting the print, you know, Yeah, but he, fine. he charges $40. Right, not $1,200. $95 for a 30 by 24 inch, which I think is, okay, that, he's, this guy's not making a whole lot of money on these prints. Right. You know? right and he's right. not selling the rights to use them. That's so strange. Yeah. Uh, uh, although here you go, uh, he does have you. Uh, you could buy the rights to use these things, but I can't tell if these are uh, public domain in the first place. Anyway, it's interesting, very very interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see if anybody writes in on that. Um, Wait, do we, do we have a thing? Do we have anything today? What do you mean a thing? Uh, no, 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 not today. End of the month. Okay. Yeah. Um. Cisco. So, should we get onto this Cisco article? So, so today's episode of On Taking Pictures is brought to you by our own hopes and dreams. Yes, and also uh, the letter Q. <laughs> For quit, I quit. <laughs> uh, all right. So, this Slate article. It's funny. We mentioned this Slate article last week because uh, we. Uh, um, we said we were going to talk about it. And even before we've talked about it, we've gotten like four or five emails from people. Right. <laughs> which is fascinating to me. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, so, so uh, where do you want to start? How do you want to, how do you so want to th- dive this, into this? Uh, in the name of love. In the uh, name of love. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's it. All right. Uh, elites embrace... The do what you love mantra, but it devalues work and hurts workers. Hey, uh, a little aside. I used to live in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. And uh, which, if anybody's listening from Montgomery, Alabama, I loved Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, it was a fun place to live. I worked at the Shakespeare Festival there for a season. Um, and people were great. But there's a, there's a, there's a bar in downtown, or used to be anyway, in downtown Montgomery. Okay. E-L-I-T-E. 
Okay, elite. No. No, no, no. It's the elite. Oh, the elite. Right. I went. Ah. What? <laughs> you know, there's there's a bar in Brooklyn called Low Key, and it's L O K I. Right. Uh, what? Well, what's the? There's in there a. It's not. It's not Versailles. It's Versailles. Sure. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's just interesting how you pronounce anyway. Uh but fun town. <laughs> all right. So, uh yeah, what what do you what do you think of this article? Well, okay. First of all, give me the recap. Give give the give all the right, users, me... give the listeners a recap. Okay, this the this this I think it, is it a woman who wrote this? Uh it like Yeah, it Mo. is. Um this woman who wrote this uh Mia okay. Tokomitsu. Basically, from what I gather from reading it a couple times, uh, uh, she's she's essentially saying that the whole do what you love is uh, something of an elitist uh, way of of making people work for free because uh, you, you've made it you've made them feel like they're getting something other than money so they don't deserve money and therefore large corporations and businesses and whatnot and rich people can make more money off of the fact that you actually like what you're doing. So is that uh, so you, you can't put a price on warm fuzzies? Yeah, is that kind of what it, what we're getting at here? Uh, is that, that seems a fair to be way? part of it. That's kind of, see the problem with this kind of article is I feel like you can you can pull out of it what you what what connects with you or what you disagree with is kind of how you read the whole thing, you know? Like there were a few times in this where she would say something. And it would be sort of this absolutist, absolutist statement where it's like, this is what this means. And it's like, well, no, that means that sometimes. You know, like she, mm -hmm. she was very uh, – uh, uh, she went a little too far with, with some of the comments that she makes. But the argument is that only rich people can afford to do this and the people who benefit most from people doing what they love are other rich people and it's all a big scam to get people to work for less because they think that they're getting uh, enjoyment from life in order to yeah. make up for uh, the lack of pay. She writes, do, do what you love is a secret handshake of the privileged and a worldview that disguises its elitism as noble self-betterment. Yeah. According to this way of thinking, labor is not something that one does for compensation, but is an act of love. Yes. <clears throat> okay, uh, but why I, can't it be both? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that this, I think that this layers over many things. You know, do, do I like sitting around in Photoshop for an hour with a healing brush, like pulling pores out of some woman's skin? No, that's very tedious and boring. But, but I actually some people do right, and some people do. And even if I don't, I wouldn't choose to do that all day long. It is part of a larger thing that I enjoy doing, which is creating this thing from scratch and having a finished thing at the end. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of carpenters like going back and forth with a saw all day long. If that was their job, was just to like <laughs> all day long. I don't think that any carpenter would do that either. It was just a part of being able to do the larger thing is what they get something out of. And, and for what it's worth, is there something necessarily, and I don't say that I'm completely agreeing with this point of view, I'm just throwing it out there as a devil's advocate, is there something wrong with looking at the world as something more than what you get paid for the job? You know? Like that's, no. To, for a lot of people, that's okay, yeah, I don't get paid a lot of money to do this internship or to take pictures or whatever it is, but I keep my uh, you know overhead low so that I can do this. And I've only got X amount of time on the earth, so... Uh, okay, you know. he hello, you and I have sat down for 165 times. Yeah. We're and not said buying Porsches and mansions from doing this show. No, right, right. 
And so is there is there you know there there is a certain amount of it's okay to I I mean to 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 love doing something that you don't actually make that much money for. Now, if the argument is that yeah, other people are making money off of you and you're not seeing it because they're making you think that you don't deserve it, well that might be a true statement too. Yeah, but I think that that can exist in parallel with some of the things that are being said in this article. Okay. I th- I think part parts of this article are very black and white where like you like you said earlier, this is the way it is. Well, it can be the way it is, but it doesn't have to always it's not absolute. Right, right. Like the whole thing about um do you what know, you if love you being love, a, yeah. turning in like where where it's actually a narcissistic thing to do what you love, it's like well, you know, Everyone chooses to do what they do in this world. It's not morally yeah. wrong for you to want to do something that makes you happy. Um, you know, uh, one of my best friends, uh, his, his dad told him uh, growing up, uh, if, you, if, you, if you liked it, they wouldn't call it work. Right. Yeah. You've used that line before. Yeah. And in fact, I think she uses it in here somewhere. I don't agree with that. Right. You know, I, I, I like what I do. I still work very hard at what I do. It's hard work. I yeah. still love it, you know. Uh, 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 one of our listeners wrote in saying he used to work 60 hours a, a week at a job that he loved that he got paid crap for, right? But he really did like doing it. But the problem is that then the bosses come in and say, well, you know, you can't have more money because there's six people who want your job. And why would we pay you more when we could just get them to do it, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I don't, man, I don't know. It's It's... All of this is it has so many layers in it, right? And it kind of it's 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 kind of where you choose to come at it, or how much how much energy you choose to devote to the to the battle that is in there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I I do think that that people get taken advantage of. I do think that people make uh, uh, unnecessary. Uh, see, even that's loaded. What were we I do say? think that. They make compromises. I've, I'm guilty of it. I've made compromises my whole life uh, for for one reason or another. And sometimes I look back on those and go, "Well, that wasn't the smartest thing." But I've, by and large, always learned something. Right, right, right. Out and, of it. And he makes a good. Uh, she makes a good point where she's talking about yes, Steve Jobs can stand up there and talk about do what you love, but he's got a million you know kids in China putting iPhones together. And and people cleaning his 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 uh, uh, Mercedes out in the out in the parking lot, you know, uh, making minimum wage or less. So th- th- there is a certain amount of there is a certain amount of privilege in the fact that we're even sitting here talking about the fact that you and I can afford to I don't know you know make stuff for a living. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Can everyone do it? No. You know, am I lucky that I was brought up in a middle class household where I got an education and you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, yeah. And then, you know, there's the other argument of, well, if everybody's out doing what they love, then there aren't going to be any janitors or, right. or right. sewage workers or whatever. And I don't think that you have to do what you love for a living. Right. But I think that you should pursue what you love as an activity. And if it turns into a living, so much the better. But you know, we got another another letter from a listener who who did just that. Said, "Look, I I don't want to do this as a living because then it does become work and it takes the joy out of it for me." Yeah, yeah. I want to continue doing this because I love it. Yeah. Well, which is sort of the argument that you and I have had about 
the work that I do a lot of times where I kind of say, yeah, I try to choose jobs where I would want to do take those pictures anyway, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I also get paid for it. And yes, could I get more jobs doing stuff that I really don't like shooting and make more money? Probably. But I don't, I don't want to hate what I do. And I feel like that's a very, that, that slope has a lot of grease on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I maybe a little bit insanely push in the other direction really hard so that I don't ever get close to that edge. Um, well, it, it, again, it's, the, 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 there's a fallacy in here that, that if you love it, it can't be work. Yes. And, and I don't, I just don't you know, agree with that. Some people have, have said to me, you know, <laughs> oh, me. you know, I, I remember talking to some, um, uh, a, a Wall Street guy, and I think I think he was a Wall Street guy. And I was talking about how I, you know, that I'm, you know, oh, I, you know, he's an artist. He doesn't make that much money. Well, yeah, well, you get to do what you love. It's like, yeah, but there are probably people on Wall Street who absolutely love what they do, too. Absolutely. You know? I know lawyers chase, right. taking apart yeah. companies. I, you know, I know lawyers who are miserable. I also know lawyers who are workaholics because they really love law. So, mm -hmm. That's not really a good indicator because there are people who love doing the jobs that you and I think are super crappy. You know, right. I mean, yeah, they look, may look be a minority, the, but the, the Wall Street, the flick, right? Wouldn't yeah. wouldn't you say that Gordon Gecko loved dismantling companies? Exactly. Greed, I mean, for lack of a better word, is good. Yeah, yeah. To, to sure. you and I, that may, and to maybe other people listening to the show, that may not sound like a fun <laughs> job, but to him, that was a charge. Right, right. And so, so to, know, to make it about some sort of uh, objective view of, oh, if if you love what you do, then you should make less money. Well, there's plenty of people making tons of money doing what they love. Mm -hmm. So that's that that dichotomy does not work, or vice versa. People who make crap doing jobs that they can't stand, you know. Uh, it, it, it's 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 I don't know. This stuff is just so intertwined with so many layers of of, of stuff. It's funny they have the picture here uh, of Jessica Walsh's apartment, and Jessica's now the partner of your buddy Sagmeister, right? You know, so I mean, she's a very talented, very excellent designer who's also a very beautiful young woman who is you know you would think she's got it all, you know. And maybe she does, you know, but she also might be one in a billion, you know, who, who, mm -hmm. who gets to live that life. Um, it's, it's a, it's a strange, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think I've, I think I've said what I think. I, I, I think that, that you can be passionate about what you do. You can love what you do. You are more likely, I would imagine, to make concessions if you do love it. Right. Fair enough. But but it doesn't mean that that those concessions are are bad. It doesn't mean that that somebody's sticking it to you. It doesn't right. mean that there's malice. Right. You know, if well, okay. I go ahead, finish what you're No, go ahead. I was just going to say, okay, let's assume for the moment that those things are true that it is the world sticking it to us because we're gullible because we're doing what we love and therefore they're not paying us for it. Let's just make that assumption for a minute. What do we do about that? You know. Uh, well, I mean, as as Freddie pointed out, right? There, there, we there need might to unionize. have to be. Yeah, there, <laughs> there might have to be a critical mass where enough people say no. Our work does have value, and there is right. a baseline. There is a a, a a a fair factor, for lack of a better word. Um, 
and yeah, it does, you know, does passion breed gullibility? I don't know if it breeds gullibility, but it certainly gives you a little, I think, a little more wiggle room. You know, <laughs> if, if, if somebody came to me and said, uh, hey, I've got this, this thing I'd like you to, you know, I don't know, moderate. Let's say, let's say he's got uh, 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 Gregory Crudson and and Chuck Close and yeah. I don't know somebody else and we'd we'd love for you to moderate this this panel. This you would discussion. do it just for the experience. Yes, of course you would. As would yeah. I. As would so many other people. You know, it, regardless of what my rate. And you see this in music. You see this in in sure. Hollywood. You right. see. You know, it's it's, it's know, pick wh- and choose. What's his name? Uh, who's the the guy in the new Jurassic Park movie? What's his name? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. At uh, Pratt 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 on Twitter. Is it Pratt Pratt Pratt? Yeah. Uh, he he uh, was talking on that Nerdist episode. He's like, you know, after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, he's like, I was offered movies with huge price tags, huge paydays after you know after the after the offer. He's right. just like that that I could have said yes to and walked away with piles of cash. Mm-hmm. He's like, and a lot of them I said no to because I wasn't interested in what they were. So, you know, he's just like, they. they I mean, and of course, he has the opportunity to do that. But there are plenty of people who would say, you know what, make hay while the sun shines. If they want me to make this crappy movie and they're going to pay me $30 million to do it, woo, you know, let's do it, you right. know. But 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 there's also the people like uh, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, who's the, who's the, who plays Banner? Bruce Banner? The Hulk? Bill Bixby. He, yes, the other guy. Oh, Mark Ruffalo. You're like Ed Norton. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ed Norton. I love Ed Norton, but he was terrible in that flick. Was he bad? Wait, yeah. who played the other one? Who was the first first new Hulk? Uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana, right? Okay. Anyway, yes, Ruffalo like takes will take uh you know the Avengers movie so that then he could go do all these other little tiny things that pay him next to nothing. Because he likes doing them, you know. Yeah. So I mean, he people, seems like a good guy. He does seem like a good guy. So, but there, there, there. So there are there are huge. This is a super gray area that I think this article tries to make black and white. Agreed. And, and while Agreed. I do agree that uh, uh, there are people making money off of our work, and those people are not us, for by and large. And I would love for that to change. I don't know how to go about changing it. Mm-hmm. You know. Because uh, there will always be people who will do it for less, and and you know that ship has sailed to a large extent. And yes, you could say, well, now you need to come up with a certain point of view or a certain look or a certain whatever artistically that makes you not replaceable. Sure. What's you know? what's the value that you right. bring? So and, I mean, and, and and make the value uh, a, a value that 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 uh, uh, doesn't start and stop with a dollar sign. Right, and and that that has always been the case. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's what's really different here? You know, I don't know, I, I I think it's interesting. I think I want to hear from more people, um, and and see what they think. But uh, uh, it's I mean I think it was an interesting article. Uh, sometimes though, I I look at this stuff and I say, you know what, I could spend the rest of my life worrying about. This kind of stuff, or I could just live my life, you know. Right. And I'm starting to lean towards just living my life. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that's what. So, write in, tell us what you think, do what you love. The article on Slate, 
and uh, uh, and and we'll maybe we'll do a little uh, post wrap up next week when we hear some stuff from people. Uh, with, with the exception of the 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 goofy little plaster bus uh, in the photo, I do dig uh, that shot of Jessica Walsh's apartment. Uh, well, then you know, go find Jessica Walsh. She's tiny. No. She's like four eleven or something. She's a very short girl. Um, yeah. Anything else? I think we say good. about that. I think we're good. Uh, How's your voice? You holding up? Okay. You drinking tea? What are you doing? I'm drinking fizzy water at the moment. Fizzy water. All right. This is what happens when you uh, uh, so <clears throat> talk for four days straight. Right. Well, yell. Yeah. Yell for four days straight. <laughs> Another story. <laughs> oh, good times. Woo. Uh, yes. What's next? Um, what are we going to talk about next week? Hey, next week, I, I, I was flipping around TED Talks. I was listening to TED Talks over the weekend, which I love TED. If you are not a person who has... TED Knight? Who has... Uh, TED Knight. Oh, TED Knight. Because then you get to Jim J. Bullock. Who, <laughs> I love Jim J. Bullock. He's everywhere. He, well, he used to be. Well, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I, you know, I, he... he he was on target to be like the next Paul Lind, Charles Nelson Riley kind of thing, and then he just disappeared, right? Yeah. So I love TED Talks. Go TED.com. You can find hundreds of them. There are TED Talks and, and these sort of annexed uh, talks away from the main stage on so many inspiring topics. It's terrific. And this, Ted, this one – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go I, I was going to do you think that sometimes do you back up and say, even the whole TED Talk thing is a weird privileged world of privileged people talking about privileged things? I think it used to be more so. It used to be a very closed event that they had, you know, one place once a year and you had to be invited to go and da 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 da. I, I have nothing bad to say about them because I have been motivated, inspired, moved uh, by so many of the things that I would not, you know, had they not been there to give the talk and then subsequently put online, I wouldn't have had access to. So okay. I, I am very thankful for this as a resource. I have it on my iPad. So whenever I, you know, start spiraling, that's one of the things that I'll go to and I'll, I'll watch a little something to try and get me out and lift okay. me back up. Fair enough. Uh, all right, go ahead. Sorry. Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson. So I was watching this. Uh, Jimmy Nelson is a photographer uh, who mm, is, is widely known for his photographs of uh, uh, vanishing indig- indigenous peoples all over the world. Uh, and, and he goes to some of the most ro- remote locations in the world. Has he come to visit you yet? Oh, oh. there it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You know, when, he, when he grows up, he's going to be James. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so this, this, this TED Talk that he gave uh, is, is about his kind of approach to photographing some of these people. And, and, and uh, you know, we tend to all be, you know, sort of Johnny on the spot in a hurry. You've got a few minutes to get a portrait. You've got to, you've got to set everything up, you know, snap, 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 and then you've got to go. You know, in some of the, the, the cases that he discusses, he spends weeks with these tribes of people. He spends weeks with these groups of people earning their respect, earning their trust, getting to know their customs, their ways, uh, the hierarchies within their social systems, 
only then to be uh, rewarded uh, with one or two frames uh, of, of photographs. And I just thought it was a fantastic look, at, kind of a flip side look at, at the rush, rush, rush that we normally tend to engage in uh, with, with becoming part of something, immersing yourself in something and, and the photograph sort of being the byproduct of the immersion, not the, the, uh, you know, the street photographer who doesn't even ask permission, who goes up and just snaps a photo and then yeah. off on his or her way. Yeah, sure. I, I, I uh, like the feel of this, so I will watch it and we will discuss next week. Yeah, Jimmy Nelson. Yeah. Okay. I will put a link in the show notes. Um, all right, so how did people do on, on last week's uh, assignment? Uh, some fun stuff. Windshield. Wasn't it windshield? Window or windshield? I think, I think it was windshield. 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 Uh, oh, see. I like at, ones that are like the front of the train. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Matheson. Matheson under the wire. Okay. Way to wait till the last minute, Christopher. Yeah. Actually, six minutes before we name. started recording. Ugh. Matheson. Now he was moving. So I like, I like, uh, David Lawrence's, uh, one with the rain on the windshield. I love that. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Uh, Martin Rotz, you know, the more I see of your work, Martin, the, the bigger a fan I become. I, I really like his eye. Um, some, some external stuff. Todd, Todd uh, Schick, Todd Schick, uh, he's got a whole series of really cool car photos that he has posted, like old vintage cars and details of cars, panels, door panels, uh, fun stuff. So go, if you haven't seen his work on the group, go check that out. Um, Bobby, good stuff. Bobby Tingle. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, this was a fun one. And again, lots of interpretation, internal versus external. Um, a lot of overlap between weather and, and seeing what's going on. Uh, I, I love seeing where people live. Uh, I, 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 we definitely have people who live in all kinds of crazy places. <clears throat> Yeah, de- details forthcoming, but I think I think road trips are uh, are definitely going to be part of my my future moving forward. Okay. Um, somebody had one. It was like a. Uh, hold on for a second. Let me scroll. <coughs> Excuse me. Gardner went all fancy with these like long exposure shots in the back from the back seat. Apparently, he gets chauffeured around places. <laughs> he's like driving Miss Daisy. Must be nice. <clears throat> uh, Matt, he, he's Miss Daisy. Yeah, right. Uh, Matt Burt, the view f- uh, through the rear windshield of my van whilst living in a van traveling through the States. Uh, and he's looking out at the beach at Carmel. And it's, it's just such a cool shot. Uh, I, I really like this shot, Matt. Um, hey, if you were ever going to print that, I'd know where you could send one. Oh, boy. See what I did there? Yeah. See what I did there? You know what that is? What's that? Subtlety. Is that subtlety or is that shameless? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shameless posturing and begging for yeah. a print. Yeah. Yeah. I'll trade you. I'll trade. <laughs> hey, I'll trade you. Uh, anyway, so good stuff. Uh, yeah. The, the Gardner long exposure thing. That's fun. Yeah. Um, good stuff. So lots of really fun work. So what's and, next? And, you know, Wait. just hold on. Hold Go on. Hold on. Finish Don't your get thought. ahead of me. Don't Go get ahead. ahead of me, man. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, just some also some really great work being shared. A lot of street work. Um, some portraits being shared, uh, architectural work. Um, I, I am I am never at a shortage for inspiration when I look through our group lately. Yes. Uh, 
So thank you guys for continuing to participate. Your your commentary on each other's work is terrific. Keep that going. Um, and what are we at? Uh, 1459. So closing in on, on 1,500 people. Yep. And they're a good group. They're Everyone good. says so. We get lots of emails saying... What a lovely group it is. People yeah. actually talk and there aren't any trolls or few trolls or, you know. Actually, I don't really know that we have any trolls. I think people who want to be there really want to be there. So I agree. I agree. It's good. Okay. So uh, this week, uh, and this is partially uh, uh, related to our photographer of the week who, who was suggested by, by a listener. Uh Favorite movie? What do you think? Something inspired by your favorite movie? Oh, man, now I'm gonna have to find a sub uh, submarine. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm gonna have to find a submarine to do mine. Oh, Down Periscope is your favorite movie? <laughs> I, was, I was gonna make that joke with Kelsey, with Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> you know, they found an old diesel sub that was like left over, and that's why they made that movie. Like they had the sub. So they just used it as a set for a movie. I think Claude uh, was telling me that story. Uh, yeah, I well, okay. So hold on. Uh, Humphrey at October is where I was going. Nuparuski Nimnoga. Go ahead. I, I okay. <laughs> I'm still on the submarine thing. I don't know where I was going to go with it. <laughs> Pitch anyway. is too high. Torpedoes yeah. Russian. Uh, oh, I love that movie. Best movie ever. I, go ahead. So uh, yeah, so let's do something inspired by. Uh, your favorite movie? Okay. Um, uh, this, yeah. Uh, this, keep it keep it clean, people. Yeah, exactly. Your favorite movie? Bailword. Bailword. <laughs> I saw Bailword's van uh, down the street from me. I saw that photo. <laughs> he's he's uh, sitting in the driver's seat. Not going to invite me, is he? I'll show him. <laughs> um, millimeter lens pointing out the back. <laughs> We love you, Alan. Um, photographer of the week. What do you got? Christopher Doyle. Uh, All right. Christopher Doyle, uh, DP on some movies that you that you have probably heard of, but uh, a lot more that than that you probably have not heard of. Um, he two of of my favorite movies, and I I, I have DVD copies of uh, of I have a DVD copy of Twenty Forty Six, but I don't have In the Mood for Love. Um, uh, Wong Kar Wai, uh, brilliant director. Uh, Chris was his DP on these. And 2046 has kind of a, mm, it's got kind of a Blade Runner feel to it. So it's, it's not surprising, uh, that, that I like it. Um, but he also did uh, hero, the jet leave flick. Sure. Did you ever see that? Uh, I never saw it, but I know of it. Beautiful film. Absolutely beautiful. Um, as as you mentioned, he's got a very saturate, almost Amelie type of look, isn't that? Yeah, and and he also uses um, in much the same way the guy who shot Amelie, whose name I don't remember. Uh, he's got uh, it's it's very much, um, especially interior scenes. He doesn't mind using the widescreen to its full advantage, where he'll have characters way over to one side. With perhaps like even a wall where you're only looking through a doorway, you know what I mean? Where, where it, the the frame is is being used uh, as as a mechanical device as opposed to a composition mm -hmm. device. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's funny because we as we as 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 stills photographers, most of us um, are not 
usually shooting at these crazy widescreen, like beyond sixty nine, like two two to one or whatever the heck it is. Uh, right. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's it's interesting to see how people play around with this more panoramic view within motion films. You know? mm-hmm. uh, it's a different way of looking at the world, and also, in my opinion, very cool. Uh, yeah. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Um, if if like I said, if if you want to see a couple great films uh three three films and they're all uh um um Kong Wai, uh chungking express uh in the mood for love and and 2046 um and he's got kooky hair this guy christopher doyle yeah it's kind of uh lyle lovety yeah yeah it's got a good yeah. look yeah. i like it uh very interesting we put a couple uh interviews with christopher he's a, he's a very interesting cat to listen to um, so there are a couple interviews that you can read. Um, I think one of them is a video interview. His stuff is very, uh, heavily graded too. As oh a yeah. General rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, so whoever very, he's working with for the grading is also, uh, in, involved in a lot of that, I think, and involved in the look. It's good you know, stuff. I, I like, I like when, um, Filmmakers and Eastwood is another one that does this. He's had the same crew working with him for you know twenty five thirty years. Yeah, Spielberg and, does that too a lot. Of, yeah, and I, I I like that because you 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 tend to develop this sort of visual shorthand with with your collaborators and uh, I, I, don't know, I just I, I like that. I like I like the 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 process behind it and I like what what tends to come out of it. Yeah, sure. Um. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's an interview. I meant to include this. Here's an interview with with Christopher Doyle talking about In the Mood for Love, uh, which is, again, a beautiful film. I'll put this in. Mm. What else did he shoot? Did he shoot Life of Pi? I think he did. Uh, um, Christopher Doyle? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, well, I will pull up his list here. Uh, He did Lady in the Water, which I never saw. Was that any good? Didn't see it. I you know I was one of the few people who liked the village. Uh, I liked the way it looked. I didn't see the end coming. For that one. Mm-hmm. So there's something, and he works on a lot of stuff. He's got like five movies a year that he has for DP. He must just yeah, work he's a constantly. Guy. This guy must not ever go home. <laughs> Imagine living a life where you're traveling around working this kind of stuff and you never you never even get to go home because you're just working right. all the time. It's got to be very strange. It's like pol- politicians and stuff, you know, who never actually get back to their houses. Very strange. He right. uh, he did another flick with uh with um uh, Michael Caine, the, the Quiet American. I'm sorry, for, uh, of who? With who? Michael Caine? Uh can, can you can you I, I don't quite understand <laughs> the name. My name is Michael Caine. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and Brendan Fraser. Okay, sure. You know, he had a weird career, Brendan Fraser. He, lots of people say he's a really nice guy and a good actor, and yet he did a lot of weird, creepy movies. And it's, he's one of those guys that it seemed like Hollywood really wanted him to be somebody. They really, they, yep. like, they, they really wanted him to be big. And, yep. and for whatever reason... You know, I thought the mummy f- movies were gonna were gonna kind of 
give him more juice than he than he got. Yeah, but, he, it's he's sort of like uh, uh, what Nathan Fillion has become. Okay, they wanted him to be sort of the Nathan Fillion character, except Nathan Fillion has a little more gravitas to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, that's where I'm going with it. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? I think that's it about about. Okay. About Doyle. Uh, anything else we need to say before we wrap this one up? Uh, hmm. I like that. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Nothing, I guess. I don't Excellent. know. All right. Then uh, uh, podcast. At ontakingpictures.com. All right. Uh, anything else? You tweet at Bill Wadman. I tweet Jeffrey Sidoris. Hey, are you, still, uh, are you still doing, uh, uh, how's the Instagram treating you? Uh, I put I up Instagram stuff when I, yeah, I, you. you know, one a day, maybe sometimes, sometimes I'll get on a tear and do three or four in a day and then I won't do any for two or three days. Uh, if I'm busy and if I see it and think about it, I'm not like actively working at it. You know, I'm just, when I see stuff, I put it up. Do you, uh, are you putting up only, uh, your, your iPhone stuff? Uh, mostly, you know, sometimes if I do something that I think came out good, I will move it over there and put it up. But a lot of it's just my iPhone. I, mm-hmm. I wish that I had a better um, a better phone because I'm still using the iPhone five, right? So I feel like my my iPhone quality images are not all they could be from a image quality point of view. But you know what? Nothing I could do about that until next year. I'm not buying the six. I'm going to buy the six whatever. Six S. Well, it comes out. They're going to probably announce it in August. Right. Which is which is why I'm like holding out. I just got to hold out for like four more months. You know. Then I'll then I'll go get it, but uh, yeah, it'll be good. Uh, yeah, so I'm on Instagram as Bill Wadman, and I think are okay. you on a, as Jeffrey Sidoris or Sidoris? What are you on? As Jeffrey Sidoris, yeah. There you go. So there you go. Uh, hey, uh, uh, one one thing. Sure. The the, uh, the expanded my my expanded visit with Doug from Kensington Muse, uh, Kensington Television Service. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put that up today. A um, little more of the story. Um, he was he was a fun guy. So if, if, if you liked the little bit about the eggs in, what was it, two, two episodes ago, sure. um, there's a little more expanded version of, of the store, and we talk a little bit about country music and, and when and where he f- first heard Chet Atkins and Les Paul, and he's, he's an interesting guy. People like, uh, people like the egg story. <laughs> By the way, have you seen the uh, uh, slight shift of subject? Did you watch the premiere of uh, True Detective? I did not. I heard it was really slow. Yeah, I I don't really understand where they're going with it, kind of. But I guess we'll give it a shot. Hey, if you've got Amazon Prime, I would suggest uh, going and watching a show. You can watch the whole season called Bosch. Bosch? Bosch. Like the pear? Isn't that Bosch? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, this is Bosch. B O S C H. Okay. Um, it's uh, the 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 lead actor is a guy called Titus Welliver, who great character actor. You've seen him before. You might not recognize the name, but uh, uh, if you were a Sons of Anarchy watcher fan, oh that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he played Jimmy in Sons of Anarchy, uh, and it's it's a it's a cop story, uh, but it's it's I, I really enjoyed it. It Takes place in L.A. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it and was excited that they renewed it for a second season because I think there's more of, of his story to tell. All right. We'll check it out. And it's got that same kind of, it's like a slow burn type thing. 
uh, and oh, oh, the protagonist. Ready for this? The protagonist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Gedrick. Oh, no way! Swear. <sighs> Iron Jason Eagle, Gedrick, baby. Iron Eagle backdraft. Uh, the guy just appeared out of nowhere, and he he is terrific in 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 his role. He's really good. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, Bosch on uh, on Amazon Prime. All right, we'll I check really it out. enjoyed it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Till next week, then. Yep. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening. Go out and make something fun. Get some photos. All right. We'll do. Make something. Listen to something. I have to call wedding pictures now. Yes. Are you going to sing while you do it? Uh, no. I'm going to cry <laughs> while I do it. <laughs> No, Heather's going to cry while you do it. <laughs> what have I done? She's like, who did I marry? Why was he wearing a blue suit? Bill, how do you spell annulment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Oh, All right, right. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. This way.